Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Delete. This episode is in collaboration with City Fibre. It's all about connectivity and tech. And I really wanted to do an episode on the future of work, the future of tech, what this means for how our society and culture will change, how things become more virtual, like the rise of online doctors or smart assistants in our homes, and just in general, the evolution of what an internet connection actually means nowadays. Chatting to me today on these topics is Laura Osborne, who works at City Fibre. Laura's background is in public affairs, government communications, and more recently, consumer campaigning. She was Witch's first head of corporate affairs, working with businesses to improve banking, energy and telecoms for consumers. She now works at City Fibre and is helping lead the campaign, this campaign that we talk about on the podcast, that's hoping to bring full fibre broadband to the UK. It's calling on the Advertising Standards Authority to change its guidelines on fibre advertising. So in this episode, we talk about how the internet connection you have matters, how connectivity affects or improves the way we work, how in 2016, only 5% of engineering apprenticeships were taken up by women. We talk about the future of modern cities. In cities like Tallinn, people engage with their government with digital platforms, they sign contracts online and even vote online. It's interesting what other cities are doing and how tech continues to change the way we live our lives. So yeah, in general, we discuss what's in store for the future, the future of technology and what's happening as we become more and more connected to each other and to the internet. For more information, you can go to coppersaurus.com, which has so much more information on the campaign from City Fibre, hoping to change the guidelines on advertising when it comes to fibre connections. So hope you enjoy the episode. And here it is. So I'm really excited to be here with Laura Osborne, who works for City Fibre. And I've wanted to do an episode on the future of the world. We're just being really futuristic about tech and connectivity and cities. And you're literally the perfect person to have on the podcast talk about all this stuff. So before we get into it, would you be able to explain a little bit about your role and even a bit about what you were doing beforehand? Because you know a lot about tech. Sure, very happy to. So at City Fibre, I have come on board to advise them on consumer communications. That's my background. So prior to this, I worked for Witch for quite a long time covering consumer markets. So tech has been a massive game changer pretty much across almost all of them, I think. So now City Fibre is starting to work with people to go to take fibre broadband all the way to people's homes. They're talking to consumers much more than they were before. So that's where I come in. With your role at which, obviously, tech changes so quickly and it feels like it's constantly evolving. What's one of the biggest changes you've seen over the course of your career? I'm sorry if that's a really hard question. Oh, that is a hard question. I think actually for which as a business, probably the biggest change we saw was taking everything online from a print magazine. I mean, actually, which still has a huge print subscription base, but moving everything online changed everything about the business in terms of how often you have to review things and the volume of tech releases. You know, when I first started, people used to go out to wherever they'd be going, Japan or somewhere, you know, once a year to get their 
kind of latest um, tech to review. It's such a different world now. You know, things are going live all the time and the rhythm and the calendar is totally different. I think it was uh, just the other day, Volvo put something out about the future of cars. I don't know if you saw it where they are basically moving beds. So everyone would be asleep in the car with automated uh, technology. And you kind of think, well, okay, if you're doing car reviews, for example, that's going to totally change what it is that you're looking at. You know, that if things fit so much less neatly um, into kind of prescriptive sectors, I suppose, than they used to. I think tech brings a lot of things together. And with connection because I suppose I never really thought about my internet connection too much I signed up for something don't know what I've got but I know that it was faster than it was before and I know that we were really excited that we got an upgrade but one thing that I want to get better at is knowing more about the tech I have in my home and so I wondered how do you make sure that you are educating yourselves about things that seem a little bit complicated on the surface? Does it change your confidence in the workplace or your confidence just in life in general to know how an internet connection, for example, actually works? I think it does help to know how things work because that's how you get the best deal. Although in the same breath, I'd say something an old boss of mine used to say is that being a consumer can't be a full-time job. You know, everybody's so busy all the time that really it's, there's a big burden on companies, I think, to be more honest with people about what it is that they're buying. You know, that was definitely a theme in my last role. And and actually it is at City Fibre because people buy broadband packages at the moment that can't deliver anywhere near the speeds they're promised because the underlying infrastructure isn't what it says it is you know it's still using Victorian age copper which degrades and also doesn't work as well when it rains you know there's a real um there's a real impact there from not really knowing what the technology is and then being more likely to buy something or or even be missold something that's not really right for you so I think it's for companies to be more honest with their customers about what they're selling. A few years ago in broadband, there was a a complaint about up to speeds, which used to say you could get up to, you know, 100 megs or uh, up to 50 megs, but actually only 10% of people had to be able to get that speed for it to be able to say that in adverts. And that's not right. And that was changed. But now adverts can say you're on unlimited fibre if a good chunk of that connection is actually made of copper, which means you can't get the speeds that are being advertised. So I think, yes, it's really empowering to know more about tech, but there's also um, a real role for businesses and regulators to make that easier for people because we've all got a lot to do and there's so much to learn as the world changes around us so quickly. With connection at home, I mean, I've written a book about flexibility and work-life balance which I'm you know trying to get better at but just in general rebelling against sometimes the archaic structures of companies that kind of impose old school rules on us and one of those things was talking about working from home and the pros and the cons because I don't always think it's the best for some people but for me it totally changed my life to work a four-day week and have one day at home maybe it's because I'm an introvert I don't know but I loved having that day to myself at home and obviously connection's a big part of that if you don't have a good internet connection why are you working from home you're just going to get so frustrated so has that been a big part in some of the campaign material around talking about city fiber I think I'm very much one of those people so I spent a long time working five days a week in an office 
um, and finding that that really didn't work very well with the rest of my life. You know, I think that was true before I had children. It was certainly true after I had two of them. And so actually working from home was a real lifeline at certain stages for me. And I think when we looked at, you know, what are the crunch points for people with connectivity? That really felt like a very personal one for me because you want that day where it's a bit quieter and everything's a little bit more civilized, but you have to be able to do your work. And, you know, that should be whatever job you're in. So at the moment, connectivity stops quite a lot of people who need to upload big files, um, it, from doing that because most connections don't have equal upload and download speeds so it's a real barrier for people so I think when we were looking at it I was really interested to find out if there were more people who that was the case for and actually particularly amongst young people that we spoke to you know almost nine in ten were frustrated with their internet connection and you know at least a third said that they would be less stressed and more able to work from home if it was better so you know I think there's really something in that you know we talk a lot about getting the right balance in life and the right balance between work and leisure and what you don't want is something as basic as your broadband you know most people consider that to be a utility now I think it's like energy or finance you know you just want it to work and you want it to be a facilitating thing in your life and actually for a lot of people at the moment that's not that's not what it's doing you know the service isn't good enough and actually in the UK we are 35th in the world now for broadband speed we've fallen a really long way behind the rest of the world and only four percent of people have a genuine full fiber connection that gives you those symmetrical upload and download speeds and so you know it's great that the government has these huge targets to get national coverage by 2033 but to do that need to start talking to consumers about what they've got now and so the campaign that we've been running is very much about better um, advertising more honest advertising so people understand what they've got now they can see what they're paying for and what they can't get that way and so they know when something new is on offer um, as it will be across the country over the next couple of years what that is and what it offers them and the flexibility that might bring to their lives god it's just bringing back those you know those moments of you know when something's buffering and you've just like got like a pulsing vein in your brain just thinking this is so stressful and it is stressful when you can't get anything done is it as well the fact that we have more devices now i think the rise of the digital assistant i mean that works on the same internet connection and we have ipads we have phones we have laptops we have i mean i have two different laptops of different things and is that playing into this at all I absolutely think it is because people, you're 100% right, get so frustrated with buffering. But they also get frustrated with each other. So if one of you is using a, you know, your internet connection to stream Netflix and the other one is gaming and the other one is, you know, working, you know, you will see an impact on your current connection. You will get slowed down by it. And so I think there is a massive, um, there's probably a massive role in family harmony for improvements in tech um as much as there is in productivity you know it, it all it underpins everything i think that's what i've really enjoyed about working um in this area is that much better connectivity helps you to work from home to socialize to stay in touch with people but it's also important for the internet of things so as more and more tech comes into our homes as you mentioned the assistance but also you know when it's your fridge ordering your weekly shop for you and you know when everything in your house is connected 
to each other and speaking through each other and everything's operated through those assistants, you will have a greater need for a better internet connection. So in order for all of that tech to come into our lives uh, and transform what it's like to live in the modern home, the connection is the thing that really underpins it all. I, I mean, someone asked me the other day, what three jobs do you think will exist in the next 10 to 20 years? And I didn't know what to say because I think I could maybe predict in the next few years but looking that far ahead really threw me and I guess I thought maybe it is going to be something to do with automation or robotics or you know machinery in some way that's obviously a bit more um, uh, sophisticated than back in the day but what do you think about the future of work and do you know do you have any ideas off the top of your head what we might be doing in the next 10-20 years I, I just found it a really hard question so I'm asking you I think it is a really hard question and one I funny enough I was talking to my husband about this morning because the TUC have been talking about whether we should all be doing a four-day week um, but being paid the same amount for it with automation kind of picking up the shortfall and I was thinking that that sounds great but it feels to me like there's a real risk there that that's not what happens and that actually the jobs that are compromised are some of the jobs that people need and rely on the most and so I think there's a real kind of balance there for making sure that you know all those really exciting transformations from AI and new tech work for not against people and I, and I think you know very personally thinking about that too and there's so much potential for good things to come from that if the potential that comes from a change in the way we work from tech is that you know, we do all that get this great four day week that's being talked about by the TUC and we get more leisure time and, you know, we all become happier. I think that's fantastic. I do think, though, that we've got to be, you know, really thoughtful as we bring automation into the industries and as the world changes around us, you know, the way the high street's changing now compared to online shopping, that we remember that we're all people and we need a, you know, we need to make sure that it is working for everyone as it happens. There's tremendous opportunity from automation and AI, um, but done in done in the right way. That stat that you um, that you mentioned, how five percent of women in 2016 were taking an engineering on engineering courses. I think it was. How, how do you think we can start changing that? Because it feels like people talk about it so much, but the change isn't being made quick enough. I think that's right, and. You know, personally speaking, when I was a kid, the things I was really good at were maths and science. And yet I ended up doing English, politics, history and working in communications. And I think part of that is that challenge that you have in schools around what's cool. I really think that for kids to want to do it, you know, to want to go into engineering, to want to do maths and science, you have to get away from this idea that it is like a niche pursuit that it's a really fun thing to be in and I think that's where a conversation about you know what tech is what you can bring under that umbrella for younger people will make them more interested in it you know I, I think if you if you were thinking about um, designing video games for example back in the day you might have got quite excited about going into that having no idea of the transformation that industry would go through to become today's gaming industry and I think it's a bit like that now you know got to get kids interested in the things they're interested in and then help it connect to where the world of work and where the future might go because you know you're quite right that stat about the five percent is pretty terrifying but also that just 24 percent of people who work in all stem industries are women you, you know i know it's not just a a women's issue um but there is definitely something about making that seem 
you know, exciting and open and achievable to kids when they're still at school, because, you know, like it or not, once you make some of your choices, it can be harder to get back to it. You know, once you've done one degree, it's very expensive to think about doing another one. So I think there's there's a lot of an, an emphasis on education that's needed there. God, that's so true about what you were saying about making things cool, because I remember, and this is going to be a really niche reference, but, you know, in Mean Girls, when they have like the mathematics club, Anyway, it's just this group of kids who are doing maths at lunchtime and Lindsay Lohan's character like gets involved and you're a bit like, yeah, maths is cool. And sometimes you just need almost like popular culture as well to kind of flip reverse some of these stereotypes. And so I wanted to talk to you as well about the future of cities. Um, Obviously, we were recording this in London and it was so interesting, some of the stuff you were saying about how some cities are so far ahead of us. And sometimes I think there's like a real arrogance of London that we're just, you know, nailing it. And it's, you know, it's an amazing city, don't get me wrong. But in terms of the tech available to us, maybe we're not quite there. I wondered if you could talk about some of the cities who are doing things that are really exciting at the moment, proving that it's possible. One of the things I really liked, actually, when I joined City Fibre is the potential of taking these networks out into the towns and cities in the UK because for the most part we don't have them you know years of underinvestment um, by incumbent providers in our networks means we are actually a really long way behind in a lot of our biggest cities and you know as we'll all know whichever our local city is being right in the middle of it doesn't mean that you've got great connections you know actually we had a look at um, where everyone was going on holiday this year and in eight out of ten of the top destinations you'd have had better broadband in your hotel most likely than you will in the UK and like that's a bit of an uncomfortable stat I think because we do consider ourselves to be at the cutting edge of lots of things there is a real London thing about that you know but actually we're quite often behind one of the examples I was thinking about from the past was contactless cards you know we were a really long way between a behind a load of other countries who had that technology ages before we did and we were still really worried about you know what the impact would be on people um taking money from our accounts by waving the machines at us or whether we'd have to wrap them in foil or something and you know actually i think sometimes you just need to look around the world a bit you know we to open our eyes a little bit and see what other people are doing you know in other countries you can vote easily in national elections online you know why why can't we do that here you know it, you can um, do so many things through digital platforms um, signing contracts doing your taxes you know all, all sorts of things where we're sort of nudging at the start of that in some areas although I'm pretty sure anyone who's ever done a tax return online thinks we've got a bit of a way to go um, in the UK but you know particularly around all the things and all the interactions where you have to go somewhere to do it at the moment. I think banking's still quite guilty of that. You know, there are these fantastic startups um, where they will let you do everything online because the, the tech exists. It's just a change in behavior. And of course, some people will always want to go into a bank and see someone I think that's important there's a lot of people who who don't for whatever their for whatever reason whatever their professional background is you need to be able to upload your photo online and scan your passport in and use your fingerprint you know all of these technologies are available feels like there's lots of places still in the UK where we're just not quite bringing them all together whereas other cities in the world they really are and so um, I think you're right I think there's actually quite a lot that we need to do and you know with scary things like you know the future global economy we've really got to raise our game in a few places i think with uh connection because i i really just love this whole conversation about 
the increase in in tech and connection and it's exciting to me to be so connected to so many things but then the flip side is and I feel like I have to ask this because people listening will might be thinking it is there a downside to being this connected because maybe we're in our room with like the best you know internet connection in the world will that stop us from getting outside meeting new people human interaction I mean, I love social media and I love the internet, but I think it's a question that people start asking. And people ask it to me, you know, are you more lonely because you work for yourself and are you more lonely because you work from home? And I'm lucky that I get out of the house a lot and I have a lot of things to be doing and people to be interviewing. Um, But yeah, do you think that we just need to be mindful of human connection being at the heart of it still? I absolutely do think we need to be mindful about that. Yes, um, for me, tech is such a huge enabler of helping you to do things. And I think, as you said before, you know, if it can cut out all of those hours that we all lose doing things that we hate doing and that make us miserable, that's great. I think what no one wants it to do is to stop us being a feeling like we're in the right place to go out and see our friends and you know do things in the physical world as well uh, for me I think they can coexist but they have to do so mindfully so you know it would be fantastic if everybody could work from home without being worried about their connection but I would have thought there's always going to be a need for people to see other people. So to still go to the office and pick up the phone, you know, I think people and businesses will have to think really carefully about how they get those balances right in the future. You know, mental health and the workplace is such a um, such an important topic at the moment and I think there is a real responsibility on us all you know both as individuals and as employers to think about how we get that right. You know, no one wants to be um totally isolated and lonely surrounded by all of that tech and I think there is a real um, balance to be had because problems can also seem a lot worse when you tackle them on your own I always think that online and sometimes when you work from home and something's gone wrong and it feels like a total catastrophe because you're sitting in the living room by yourself and actually if you ring someone and talk to them about it it's totally manageable so I think those human connections are always going to be so important to the way we feel we might be able to do more things um, from a technical perspective and I really hope that that helps our you know daily lives and that those better connections enable people to do more of what they want to do but not at the expense of being happy. And I saw recently that Bumble, who I've partnered with um, a few times, their sort of business app, they have a an amazing thing at the moment where if you're not active on the app uh, for a few days or weeks, they kind of prompt you and they're like, do you want to set an out of office on for the app? And you can say you're away or you can say you're on holiday or you can say you're prioritizing yourself, which is quite nice. I think that just is meaning a bit of self-care time. But I thought that was really interesting that um, a lot of apps are allowing you to set that up. How do you switch off? Because I'm hoping that Instagram puts this out of office thing on as well, because I hate the idea of people thinking I'm ignoring them. No, I really like that thought. And actually, I was listening to one of your live podcasts with mother of daughters who I follow on Instagram, who I think is um, awesome and very honest and real about what it's like to have a big family whilst also being great. Um, and actually she was saying that when she took a bit of a break from Instagram recently, people got really worried, you know, people get really worried about it. So much so that her husband had to tell people that she was, you know, somewhere else. And I think that's, that's quite hard. Like that's a little bit intense. It'd be much nicer to be able to do what you can do with your outlook and just say, actually, I'm not, I'm not around for a few days because I've gone 
camping, you know, I've gone away, I'm spending some time, whatever it is that you want to say, I think that would take pressure off people. I think we all get to a stage sometimes where we feel a bit overwhelmed by everything in our lives and the ability to just, you know, pop up a little notice that says, you know, bye guys, I'm out of here for a bit would be a really positive step forward, I think, in in social media terms, especially if you are somebody who has a big and very engaged following because I you know, I think it it's hard for people to step away when that's the case and to take a bit of space when they need it. And I think there is probably more that apps could do to help you out with that. And for anyone listening who wants to get more into tech or they want to take a course or maybe they are interested in having a job similar to yours, what would you recommend? I think there's a lot of stuff people can read about and actually read in a kind of more digestible way, still produced by consumer groups. So not just which, but Citizens Advice, Money Saving Expert and others who do really good quick guides on how to understand more about your broadband, you know, how to know what you're paying for, how to know how good your connection is. I mean, part of the reason that we want to change the rules on the advertising is so it's simpler at a glance for people that you would be able to see what you've got with a traffic light system for example where you know whether you've got the top rated technology medium or low and then you can pay for it accordingly because then it's not such hard work for everyone i think in terms of finding out about what the opportunities are in the world from a tech perspective i think again that's probably a job that schools need to do better than they perhaps do at the moment. I'm basing this for, you know, very much on my personal experience of my daughters, but they're not, they don't do a lot at primary school from my experience. I'm sure different schools are different to, to tell kids about what there is, you know, and, and they do quite a lot on how to say safe but it's almost like that slightly scary end of the spectrum you know you need to do this to stay safe online and don't spend all your time on this particular game because it's not very good for you and the whole school are playing it you know there's not very much about actually these are the great future benefits of tech and you know I don't think there's much about educating kids about its potential at the moment and I I think that that is an area where if we're going to get that balance right between enthusing people to go into tech and to go into you know STEM industries and to think that these are avenues that are open for them we've got to start pretty early about making it exciting as well as you know having a note of caution in there somewhere rather than the note of caution being the only thing that kids and their parents take away and everyone gets too terrified to use any of it i've been sent quite a lot of press releases recently kind of saying here's some help or some guide sort of guidelines for parents and i i'm not a parent so i i read it and i'm like oh that's that's interesting but it doesn't really apply to me yet but do you think it's like a big conversation around like how long to let people stay on the internet, even though I'm going to, you know, clearly there's an irony because it's like, I'm going to be on my phone, but you can't go on your phone. But is that, is it a subject that you just think people are still navigating? Yes, I think so. And I think it's a really difficult balance as you hint at there, because, you know, everyone, not just parents, spends a lot of time on their phone and that's what kids see. And then they start, you know, picking up their little Peppa Pig phone or whatever and pretending they're you at work. You know, it's a, it starts early. And I think there is a balance because then your natural instinct is, oh no, you don't want to be like me. You don't want to spend all your time doing this. Uh, and you're right. There's a real sort of difficulty in that. But I think, I think it's helpful 
to give parents information about what to look out for and I also think it's really good where innovation helps with that too so all of the um, child friendly settings on things like Amazon and Amazon Prime you know we have pin numbers and things that sort of stop that worst case scenario that I think you used to read about in the press quite a lot where you know teen goes online and racks up you know two and a half grand with their mum's credit card or you know to get away from those cards kinds of scenarios um, but I think there's also probably and again this this could just be me there's a little bit of a potential that kids know more how to get around those systems or they know what they want to access better than you know what you need to protect them from so I think that's probably quite true in a gaming sense in the you know a lot of people you know in their mid to late 30s might not really know that much about how gaming online works now for example but their nine-year-old might and therefore the nine-year-old can get around the systems and access it and that's just um the kind of age-old thing about that balance between independence and supervision i think and then how you crack that and then how you crack that with teenagers which i think is a whole different ball game i expect god that's just reminded me about how i remember at school i think I don't know if you remember Habbo Hotel. No. I mean, so Habbo Hotel was this sort of, um, it was like The Sims, but it was online and you would go on and you would be the, a little person and you would make friends and it was a chat room, basically. So God knows who I was talking to. But I remember it was banned at school and I worked out a way how to like tunnel under the web, you know, hack into the website and make it run again. Like, it's so bad. Anyway. <laughs> I suppose it shows how... Yeah, kids know. Um, but yeah, just lastly, I wondered, what are you most excited about in the next sort of however many years to do with tech? What's the big thing that you think genuinely would transform? And it can be personal to you, something that would help you or you, or something that you would think will help um, kind of the bigger picture. I'm really interested in when the Internet of Things really gets going. I'm fascinated by... Uh, some of the things people already have in their homes and in the workplace but what the next generation of that looks like so we're all starting to get used to talking to the tv and you know turning the lights on or setting your heating up remotely what the next generation of that looks like I'm fascinated by so where that kind of in-home assistant goes and what it can do for you and then how much of your home becomes sort of a an automated machine and and, and what that will feel like I think it's really interesting and also all the people who won't adopt that I think that's the other that's the other thing that I always think is fascinating you you have the early adopters you've probably got it all now um and other people who who'll come to it a bit later and how companies will react to that you know when markets split a little bit um I think that will be really fascinating um but as we said before I'm so pleased Um, that the government sees the need to get everyone on better connectivity for that to happen you know and if we're all going to be on full fiber by 2033 then that will underpin all of this and I just think for that to happen we've really got to get going you know they've really got to get behind it so that everyone can get the benefits of all of this tech it's not just for some it should be available to everyone who wants to choose to use it yeah that's reminded me about how much I'm excited about the future of sort of virtual doctors or how health companies can help people who can't maybe leave their home or 
or maybe it's something that you're worried about but it turns out to be nothing but actually you've saved them time you saved yourself time by doing it on your phone do, do you have any any thoughts on that yeah i think the potential there is enormous so one of the things that city fiber does is provide for fiber connections direct to the public sector so to um, councils but also hospitals and others because once you have the connectivity underpinning that you're totally right you don't have to go somewhere for that to happen you know i think a lot of people procrastinate about going to the doctors and getting things checked out um, and i think the connectivity will really help people to access that in a more immediate way that's got less of a barrier um to doing it and that that's got to be good for all of us but also then i suppose how that combines with all of the other technologies in medicine around blood testing and all of the things that will probably become more run-of-the-mill again that we can do in the home where you have a connected device of some kind that enables you to in essence screen yourself and then talk to someone on a screen and you know i think that i think you're absolutely right i think that's a real game changer and especially as um for an aging population too you know not to have to leave the house to get the support that you need when that becomes difficult is also really important well thank you so so much for uh chatting to me i mean the podcast is called control alt delete and it is about the connection and the internet and i think this episode is going to be really useful to a lot of people so thank you so much my pleasure thank you very much for having me 